We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Choose your fighter. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Music City Audible podcast presented by the Pharmacy, Burger Parlor, and Beer Garden in partnership with Broadway Sports Media and 440 Sports. I am Justin Graver. Joining me, as always, is Justin Mello. And today, we are going to preview Titans versus Broncos back home after a two-game road trip. Broncos coming off a bye and a, a London game followed by a bye. Second straight game for the Titans against a team coming off a bye fun scheduling quirk there. Justin, how you doing? Doing well. I'm glad you said that. I, I plan to bring that up a little later in the episode. Uh, we've got a good episode today. Hope you enjoyed the Chiefs recap a few days ago. You're a loyal listener, so you've moved on with us. You're going to be listening to this preview episode. We've got a terrific popular guest coming on the show to help us preview it. A friend of the pod making, I believe, his second career appearance on this show. That's right. So without further ado, let's let's bring him on. Let's welcome in now Benjamin Albright, a host and reporter at the Broncos flagship and a Broncos insider for KOA Colorado radio station. Benjamin, thanks for joining us today. How you doing? Well, it's going pretty well. Thanks for having me, guys. No, our pleasure as always, Ben, friend of the pod. We're going to get right into this thing here. Uh, and I think we'd have to start with Russell Wilson, right? There's, there's nothing else we can start with here as we preview this game. I've seen Bronco fans already doing like dead cap calculations on Russell Wilson. Like, you know, this thing is taking a turn for the worse when fans are already kind of analyzing uh, the contract that was really just signed. Uh, you can almost say a couple of weeks ago, still almost uh, in this case. Uh, they got a win, right? Ended a four game losing streak against Jacksonville. So they are coming off a W here. Do you feel like Russ is starting to turn a corner here? Well, I think, it, I think it's a combination of things. Um, I, I, I think it is – Russ has been hurt like all year. I think people don't realize that. He's had a lat tear in his throwing shoulder, and then he's got a hamstring uh, on that same leg. That uh, uh, So he's, he's been hurt. That That's part of the problem. The other part of the problem is he doesn't have mastery of this offense. And uh, they kind of tried to do a hybrid kind of Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson offense. It hadn't really worked. Uh, and they've just kind of edged more towards what Nathaniel Hackett wants to run, and Russ is just going to have to adapt. And that sort of started to work a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of people are saying he's washed and all this other stuff. I, I don't think that's the case. I just think you've got a brand new head coach, uh, an offensive coordinator who's never called plays, a quarterback that uh, that doesn't know this offense, and and a and or these teammates. Uh, you know, all swirling together, and it just hasn't kind of clicked. Uh, on top of that, the offensive line not been very good. You know, the center position, especially Lloyd Cushenberry kept getting pushed back out of that A gap. And now you got Graham Glasgow back there, I think, who's a little bit better. And we saw this take off, you know, second half of the game uh, last week after Cush went out, all of a sudden the offensive line play improved. So, you know, I think there's there's some there's some positive momentum here, whether or not that's going to roll forward into the uh, defensive juggernaut that is the uh, Tennessee Titans. I don't know. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I right now there's there's some cautious optimism that finally things are starting to click a little bit. Yeah, interesting because there's been a lot of, you know, similar disappointment around head coach Nathaniel Hackett in his first year there with the team. You've had some some more extreme fans asking him to be fired already, you know, less than midway through his first season. I'm curious your thoughts on his chances of actually being a one and done head coach or 
if the maybe already decided or if the rest of the season will determine his fate. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the rest of the season will determine his fate. Uh, very high likely that he's a one and done guy, but he has the opportunity to turn it around. I mean, you know, they're, they're three and five right now. He's got the opportunity to turn that around. They make the playoffs and make the playoffs. So, yeah, I think I likened it to, uh, excuse me, the Eagles situation last year. Um, you know, we right. saw Nick Sirianni and everybody's saying this guy's in over his head, how to get this job, all this stuff. And then they change up the offense and all of a sudden Jalen Hurts is balling out of control. They, they reel off a string of wins and they go to the playoffs and now look at them, they're the hottest team in football. So, yeah. you know, a guy can grow on the job. None of us were perfect at the job we do when we first started doing it on day one. You know, that, that's, that's not a real thing. So I, I think a lot of um, the perception of these guys has been skewed because we demand instant results for guys that may, you know, maybe never have done it before. Uh, as far as Nathaniel Hackett goes, he's an, he's a, an easy guy to root for as a person. I mean, he's just such a great guy. So he's got to root for, uh, but he has made some mistakes, you know, so far. So uh, he's got the rest of the season to prove it. If he does, he'll, he'll be around next year. And if he doesn't, they'll, they'll find someone else. Yeah, no, I think that's perfect and, and brutally honest. And uh, Benjamin, we just passed the trade deadline uh, very recently. You were all over everything that was happening there in Denver, uh, specifically uh, the, in relation to Jerry Judy, right? Who doesn't end up getting traded. Titans certainly could have used a receiver uh, at the deadline of his caliber. Um, what what was the feeling you were getting that the Broncos were asking for in exchange for Judy? Uh, it was a second rounder and then another mid round pick, and nobody even came close to offering that. The two teams that were the most interested were the Giants uh, and and the uh, the Packers, and they didn't even come close to offering that. Uh, the Titans did make a phone call. I do know that. In fact, the Titans actually called about Bradley Chubb too. So you know, just a point of interest there. Um, although the we always knew that it was going to be Miami getting that one done. Um, yeah, with Jerry Judy, I I, don't, I just don't, I didn't get the feeling that they were going to trade him, especially after the win. Um, you know, because if you trade Jerry Judy, you're signaling fire sale. You're signaling, we don't believe in this core. We're stripping this thing down. And I feel like that they still have some belief in this core. They knew that, that Bradley Chubb was always going to get moved. I mean, they've been prepping for that since the offseason when they, they drafted Nick Benito, signed Randy Gregory, switched Baron Browning from inside to outside backer. I mean, they've been prepping for the Bradley Chubb thing for, uh, for months. The Judy thing, um, I think that was one of those, like, let's test the market, see what the value is here. And if we need to strip this thing down, then we've got draft picks to be able to do it, even after trading everything away for, you know, for Russ. So um, I think that was more of a test the market. I think they're fine. If they do deal Judy, I think it'll be this offseason, um, you know, and, 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 and try to find somebody uh, to fit that, that wide receiver two role. But uh, as it sits right now, uh, I, nothing was close to being done with him. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting to hear the Titans' uh, interest on that because we didn't see the Titans actually make a move, but we have heard reports that they were calling. So the Titans obviously view themselves still as a contender. They just couldn't get anything done. Um, on that defensive side of the ball, Pat Sertan is playing just excellent football at cornerback right now. The Titans don't really have a receiver group to challenge any group of cornerbacks very much, so you expect him to play another excellent game this weekend. Do you get the feeling that he's one of the best cornerbacks, if not the best cornerback in the NFL right now? I certainly top five. I mean, he, he just really is. He's that good. Like he's one of those guys. He's just that good. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, uh, he and Ron Darby were probably one of the better one, two punches at corner uh, before Darby got hurt. Um, now you've got Damari Mathis on the other side. He was an excellent athlete, but he's more athlete than football player at this time. And so, you, you know, you find a, a lot of guys trying to pick on him a little bit. Um, Kwan Williams in the slot. Uh, is, is another is another good corner, but lacks long speed. Um, but mm -hmm. he, he can play that low zone very well, and he's an excellent run fit corner too. Like hey, the reason they brought him in, I think, specifically for games like what's coming up. 
uh, a guy who can play the run very well uh, at the, out of the corner position. So when you go to nickel, you don't lose as much uh, as you would in, in certain other cases. Now, I think the big question on everybody's mind is who's going to be the quarterback for the Titans in this game? Because if you've got Ryan Tannehill, you have a competent passing game. If you got Malik right. Willis, uh, that opens up additional run lanes for Derrick Henry, uh, but you're a liability in, in second, third, and long situations. So um, I think that's the biggest thing because, you know, honestly, I mean, has Malik Willis completed a pass to a receiver yet? I don't think so. And so I think, uh, I think over two weeks, I don't think he's completed a pass to a receiver. I think uh, if you're looking at that, Pat Sertan might be wasted out there uh, a little bit. He did have one, uh, one completion to Robert Woods against right. the Texans. Right. That is it. One in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. well, Graver, I'm confused. You don't like the Pat Sertan versus Chris Conley matchup for the Titans? <laughs> <laughs> After what we saw last night, I don't like any receiver on the Titans versus any cornerback in the NFL matchup right now. (laughs) Benjamin, this has been terrific as always. We really appreciate your time. In closing, uh, just going to get your prediction on how you see this game playing out, game flow, game script. I know that might be a little difficult to do without knowing who's – we might not know until Sunday the Titans are going to start at at quarterback on that one. And maybe if you're inclined, a final score prediction. Um, well, I'll, I'll do one for either uh, for either event. I think if Malik Willis plays, I think the Broncos win. I, I just don't. The, the defense is just too good. I mean, these two defenses against each other, this is going to be a, a, a rock'em, sock'em slugfest in terms of these two defenses. They're both brilliant. The Titans are best in the league on third down. The Broncos, one of the best overall defenses. It's just going to be a great defensive football game. Um, if Ryan Tannehill plays, I think you've got enough firepower to win. Uh, it's a race to 19. It really is. Like, I know that sounds silly, yeah. but it's a race to 19 points. If, if one team gets there, they're going to be the team that wins. Uh, and so that's, that's, that's what I think. In fact, if the Broncos had scored 19 points in all their games this year, they'd be like seven and one um, or, you know, seven or six, one and one. Um, that, that's the thing. They just <laughs> haven't been able to score and nobody can score on them. So um, if Tannehill win, if Tannehill goes, I think I give the edge to the Titans. Uh, maybe a 19-16, 19-13 kind of game. Um, if Malik Willis goes, I think I give the edge to the Broncos in like a 16-6 to six, you know, type of game. I just can't see them scoring. I mean, even, even with Derrick Henry, I just can't see them scoring more than, than, than six, eight points, you know, six, nine points, um, you know, on this defense. So, Yeah, the Broncos have really been mucking it up all season long and, and making for some ugly football games, but that's the Titans brand of football as well. So this should be an interesting one to see what happens when they come together. Benjamin, thank you again for your time. Enjoy the game this weekend and we'll hope to talk to you soon. Absolutely guys. Take care. All right. Thanks again to Benjamin Albright for his insight there. What a nugget he dropped. The Titans in on Jerry Judy and Bradley Chubb. A lot of Titans fans wringing their hands over J-Rob, not making any moves at the trade deadline, but it's not for lack of trying apparently. Yeah, you know, look, no one in Denver has their finger on the pulse of, of what's happening in Denver like Benjamin Albright does. So that's a really, really interesting nugget. It sounds like the Titans at least placed a phone call on both Bradley Chubb and Jerry Judy. So uh, certainly a terrific nugget from Benjamin Albright. The kind of content you get on the Music City Audible. That's right. So looking at this Broncos team, they stopped a four-game losing streak with a win in Jacksonville. I mean, with a win over Jacksonville in London in a game that the Jaguars kind of blew, to be completely honest. They had a chance to win that game late, and the Broncos went down and did what they haven't done all year, which is score a touchdown in the red zone. Um, So this Broncos team... You know, coming in at three and five, they've struggled a lot. We talked with Benjamin there about the Russell Wilson struggles, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, adjusting to his job as the head coach of this team. 
But this Broncos defense has been legit all season long. Really quickly, here are the point totals the Broncos have allowed this year. 17 to the Seahawks, 9 to the Texans, only 10 to the 49ers. They did get uh, – the Raiders ran up the score a little bit there, 32-23. The Colts only scored 12 points. The Chargers only scored 19. The Jets only scored 16. And the Jaguars last week scored 21. So – the Titans offense, which has struggled extremely, like, I mean, the Titans can't score. The Titans have nine fourth quarter points this season, this whole season. They've been outscored in second halves, like 90 to 30 or something like that. I don't know the exact numbers. It's something like that. And now they take on a very good Broncos defense that, however, will be without Bradley Chubb. But Baron Browning has really come on as a pass rusher. Randy Gregory should be back for this game, I think. What does the Titans offense have to do to move the ball against Denver? They need Ryan Tannehill and, and Traylon Burks healthy and available. I think that's the best thing I can say because this defense is very, very good. I think it's somewhat getting lost in the stories that are more popular to talk about, the Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett stuff that we covered with, with, with Benjamin Albright. But I look at this secondary, right? Pat Sertain is one of the best corners in football. Again, as we discussed, some of the other guys, though. Kwan Williams, in my opinion, is one of the better nickel corners in the league yet. Yeah. Not a long speed guy, not the longest guy in the league either, but that's why he's in the nickel and he's really, really good at what he does. Justin Simmons is an excellent safety. They've been getting contributions from guys like Caden Stearns, right? I believe a second year sophomore. Uh, Hook him. There you go. Caden Stearns, that's coming on strong. Talked about Baron Browning. Uh, Big win for my guy, Kyle Krabs at the Draft Network, who I won't forget this, was so high on Baron Browning coming out as a pass rusher when he wasn't really playing that role full-time at Ohio State. Uh, right. you know, Kyle was so high on him, and I struggled to see it. I'm like, I don't I don't know about this. And then he plays inside linebacker year one, Baron Browning, off-ball linebacker. Doesn't really make a big impact. They've switched him to pass rusher this year, and he looks really, really good uh, getting after QBs. A big reason why I think they were comfortable to move on from Bradley Chubb. So right. this is a really good suffoc- They're gonna have Titans will have issues even if they have Ryan Tannehill in this game. This is such a good suffocating defense. Uh, the Titans' best chance is to, but is to be healthy, to have Traylon Burks, to have Ryan Tannehill, and to have some success running the ball with Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think the the key to victory here is to force Russell Wilson into turnovers and bad play with a lot of defensive line pressure. The Broncos offensive line has struggled as much as anyone in the league this year, including the Titans, to pass protect and and to run block, honestly. We'll see if Chase Edmonds gets up to speed for this game. He's likely going to be involved in the in the attack there. Latavius Murray has been holding down the rushing workload with Melvin Gordon just like you know, relegated to a backup role and their star Javante Williams out for the year. But let's be honest, this is a game the Titans should win. I mean, the Broncos have been a major disappointment this season. Uh, Everyone thought that talked about the the AFC West as, you know, a dominant potential division this year, and it hasn't come to fruition. If anything, the NFC East has been what people expected the AFC West to be this year. And the Titans, if they don't win this game, it's going to be disappointing because Coming off a loss at Kansas City, yes, it's another team on a on a bye, but you're back home this week after two straight road games against a team that has struggled to score in the red zone and and really anywhere on the field. I think the Titans' defense should be able to suffocate this Broncos' offense and set them up in good field position for even if you can't pick up a first down like they did against the Chiefs, get a field goal out of a turnover or out of a good field position from a, a bad punch or whatever it may be. This is a situation the Titans should be able to come in back home and win this game, assuming that Ryan Tannehill does play. If Malik Willis plays, 
I don't know what to expect. He showed a lot of improvement from his last start to the to the next one, but the, from his first start to the next one. But that that Bron- like the Chiefs defense and the Texans defense. Texans defense is horrible. Bron- uh, Chiefs defense is is good. Broncos defense is excellent. So this would be a levels. tough situation. Yeah, there's, there's levels definitely levels. Um, uh, two things that concern me about this game. We we just touched on them. Uh, uh, one of them at least. Uh, the bye week thing, I'm not a fan of that, having to play the Broncos coming off the bye. Um, uh, the second one that I'll mention, I think is probably will go underrated by Titans fans, is just overall fatigue. Um, you know, you're, you're at a, it's not a short week per se, but playing a Sunday night game in Kansas City in, in Arrowhead, it's a, a later night, obviously. And then more so the point that I made on the recap episode earlier this week, Titans defense was on the field for 100 plays in that game, right? So what is that? I, I have a feeling you're going to see a lot more names on the, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, you know, injury report. And again, this comes out on Thursday. So you'll have already seen the Wednesday injury report, but the Thursday one, uh, a lot more names on the injury report than you probably anticipate. Probably going to be some maintenance going on here. Maybe an injury or two that swells up during the week. Cause it's, it's really astounding that they had to play a thousand snaps in this one. So I, I kind of worry about that carryover. Uh, sorry. What was that? You said a thousand. Oh, did I say snaps? a thousand? It felt like a thousand snaps, but finally they had to play a hundred snaps. I worry about the fatigue and the carryover uh, with that from one week to the next. And on top of that, the the game after this Broncos game is a Thursday nighter at Green Bay. So you All think right. they might be even? They might be managing the personnel even a little bit more than they would on a typical game coming off so many snaps, just so that people aren't exhausted for that Thursday game. So this will be an interesting one, and you hope the Titans don't overlook it with that Thursday game, you know, so close afterwards that they, they, they kind of look past this Broncos matchup. I don't expect that they will. Mike Vrabel is a very good coach. I think this will be a game that, that they can and should win, but I totally agree with what Benjamin Albright said. First to 19 could easily win this game. This could Absolutely. be a 13-10. Broncos beat the Niners 11-10, to 10, right? This could be that type of game. It's just ugly punt after punt after punt, and whoever can, you know, get to the red zone and execute – and score that that's probably who's going to win this game. Yeah. I, I think that's absolutely like, like uh, Benjamin was laughing as he said it the first to 19. I think he's absolutely right. I think it's very likely that this is like a 19, 13, 19, 16, 13, 10 type of game. Like I'd be pretty stunned if this was a shootout. I, I really would. So let's get to our worst matchup of the week then here to end this episode. Usually we do these in the middle, but we're throwing it at the end this week. Sorry to anyone who expected different, our worst <laughs> matchup, of the week for me this is presented by the pharmacy burger parlor and beer garden in east nashville remember that i mean there's no better worst the best worst does that work the best worst in nashville that's worse with a u like a german sausage but our worst matchup of the week for me this week is going to be as we discussed just a second ago with benjamin pat sertan against these titans receivers that's whether or not Traylon Burks is back for this game. I think that asking these receivers to try to create separation against Pat Sertan, this is like a just don't throw to that side of the field situation for me in this game. Use your other weapons that are very few, but use Derrick Henry, <laughs> use Chigaquanco, use Austin Hooper up the middle of the field, and just avoid throwing it in Pat Sertan's direction because it's only going to lead to bad things in my opinion. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with two worst matchups of the weekend. Uh, the first one, I'll sound like a broken record. Really hate having to play the Broncos coming off the bye. Really hate having to play two teams back-to-back that are coming off the bye. If this was beef of the week, I'd have beef with the schedule makers, right? Because yeah. I think it's 
it's pretty unfair that you've got a team uh, playing back-to-back matchups with teams coming off the bye. That's my first worst matchup of the week. Secondly, I'm going to shout out Jerry Judy. I think he's a really good player. When I think of these matchups, I think you'll see a lot of Christian Fulton on Cortland Sutton, and I really like that matchup for the Titans. I don't think Cortland Sutton is going to be able to create a lot of separation against Christian Fulton. I've never viewed Cortland Sutton as a receiver that's really good at creating separation. So when I know how sticky Christian Fulton is, I like that matchup. But when I think of Jerry Judy, if he starts getting lined up against Terrence Mitchell, Jerry Judy plays a lot in the slot. So whether that's even Roger McCreary, who I like, but has given up some things. Titans have had success playing Andrew Adams and Imani Hooker there lately. You hope you have Hooker back for this game. But I think Jerry Judy is so twitchy, uh, is so athletic, really is really the opposite, right? He's really good at creating separation for himself. Now, his NFL career is not off to the most ideal start. He hasn't been putting up the numbers we thought he'd put up coming out of Alabama. But I think this is a potentially an opportunity for Jerry Judy to find himself in some advantageous matchups. Yes, I agree. That's that's a very good point. Christian Fulton did shut down those Alabama receivers his final year at LSU, but probably won't be matched up on Judy oh. too often in this game. So, yes, that'll do it. Anything else you want to add about this game? Maybe we should give a score prediction before we head out. Yeah, let's give a score prediction. I'm going to copy our good friend Benjamin Albright, and I'll give you two based on who's the quarterback for the Titans. I think we did the same thing last week. We did. Yeah, against the Chiefs. Um, If it's Ryan Tannehill, Titans win 19-13. If it's Malik Willis, Titans lose 19-10. Wow, so you think the Broncos' defense scores six more points if Willis is quarterback? What is that, based on turnovers or just inability to move the ball yeah game flow right just more opportunities titans punt the ball more defenses tie like six points really not that much over the yeah, course of the game when you think of the potential turnovers the potential punts time of possession and all that i did the same thing last week where i thought if it was willis i thought the chiefs would put up more points uh so that that's how i see it I, what did i say six 19 6 13 i think if it's Tannehill, i said and uh 19 10 uh for the broncos if it's I think the Broncos are going to struggle to get in the end zone in this game, but I think they will get in the field goal range a few times. I'm going to predict a 17-9 to Titans win, which happened to be the score at one point Sunday night, but um, that's not why I'm predicting this. I do think that you know if Tannehill's the quarterback, they'll, they'll be able to move the ball enough against this good defense, and the defense will set them up with enough good opportunities to take advantage to at least get to 17 points. If Malik Willis is quarterback, I'm still going to predict a Titans win. I'm going to go 14 to 12. The Broncos get one more field goal out of it. Titans still managed to get two touchdowns. And that I would predict both of those are Derrick Henry touchdowns because he's now scored two touchdowns in what? Three straight games, something like that. Um, so those are my predictions. But I do think the Titans win this game, even if Malik Willis has to start at quarterback because the Broncos offense is just, I mean, I know they were better against Jacksonville, but come on, everyone's better against Jacksonville, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's better in Jacksonville except Jacksonville. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. That will do it for this episode of the Music City Audible. Remember, the Titans play on Thursday next week, so our schedule is going to change a little bit. We'll probably do a recap preview combo next week in one episode, and then we might get back on the mic later in the week to recap that that Packers game before Monday. Justin and I will discuss, and we'll let you know um, on Monday's episode how that's all going to turn out. But we will be back on Monday to recap the Broncos game. So until then, you guys know where to find us at Justin M underscore NFL on Twitter. I am at Titans Film Room. And make sure you head to broadwaysportsmedia.com where you can become a Broadway insider with the Insider Pass. Justin, you'll tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, become a Broadway insider today. It's $6.99 a month. You could use the code insider to get your first month for just 99 cents or use the code annual uh, for a total of $49.99 for your first year. Lots of great uh, benefits to becoming a Broadway insider. We've got the Mike Herndon show uh, behind the table. That's a weekly video show going out every week with your favorite Mike Miracles, Mike Herndon. That's obviously a big perk to becoming a Broadway insider. You get early access to some of the podcasts, uh, a lot of written content behind that paywall. Whether that written content comes from me, it comes from Zach at F Words Pod. Uh, it's coming from Easton. There's a lot of content coming your way if you're a Broadway insider. Become an insider today; you won't regret it. And also, all the podcasts at Broadway, uh, all the podcasts at Broadway Sports Media has to offer. Make sure you are tuning in almost daily to to the content that we are delivering. All right, that will do it until our next recap episode. You guys stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.